Hello, everybody, and welcome to In My Opinion, The Good Fight Podcast. I'm the host, Mike Marbeck, and today I am joined by Tia Kim. Hello. Hello. Molly Scullion. <laughs> hello. And Jack O'Keefe. Hello. Hello, hello. All right. Uh, yeah, we are down a Keen this week, but I'm sure Keen mm. will bring his thoughts with him in our next episode. Uh, this one's covering the season premiere of season two, titled Day 408. Uh, I want to hear the first impressions. Let's go to Tia. Oh, my God. What a premiere for season two. (laughs) I was like, I think I yelled, no, like so many times more than I had the entire, the entire, you know, first season. Um, I yelled no from just the opening, finding out that Carl Reddick passed away and we won't see Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah, <laughs> in the show anymore. Yeah. Um, I yelled no with uh, having, I had to mute my TV y'all. I, I could like hearing Henry's sex voice, even if it was fake, <laughs> uh, I had to s- rinse out my eardrums and I just muted and I just watched, looked at the captions cause I could not hear it. It was so gross. Um, and then I yelled <laughs> no when Barbara and Renee dipped out. So there's just a lot of, it was so good. <laughs> and um, and I also just like the way they covered the entirety of the funeral. And last thing I'll say is we got a new intro. Mm-hmm. So uh, we had exploding red purses. Uh, I don't really need to see Putin, Trump, and the Tiki Torch crew in yeah. every intro, but they had that, you know, also exploding. Uh, and it also makes me wonder, do you think Republicans watch the show? Like, how do they feel if they're like, hey, <laughs> no? <What? laughs> Like, wait, no why are you exploding the TV? No? no? Okay. No. I don't know. <laughs> I do say that uh, as someone who's seen further down the line th- than than others here, but no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, I remember talking to Molly a little bit about the show uh, when I was watching The Good Wife and how much Molly was talking up how they go at Trump. Like mm-hmm. how much they, like even before I started watching The Good Wife, how much, um, uh, and I just kept waiting for, him to recognize that fact and attack the good fight uh, because holy shit, they do uh, even more so within this season premiere. And I'm sure it's only going to get uh, yeah. to be even more, but mm-hmm. damn. I think they're still just scratching the surface right now. Oh yeah. Compared yeah. to what, what happens. And I always, I always say if this were a more popular show or maybe on CBS versus all access or power paramount, um, I think he would have been all over it. Mm-hmm. complaining about it but um yeah. Mal, what are your thoughts i love this premiere um i love audra so that was just very exciting to be introduced to her um again yeah also like a very fun introduction to her character because she's very like she seems rather measured like a little sh- like strong-headed but like rather measured but you get these you hear from other people that she <laughs> has this like very fiery, unpredictable side to her, but we don't see it yet. Mm-hmm. I just liked that approach to like uh, a, a teaser kind of thing of like who she might be. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I really loved that. And it, it just, uh, to me, this is, this is when I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. We're, 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 we're playing the King style where it's like, Mm-hmm. We get it. We get in. We change everything up. We do everything <laughs> in the first episode and then play with the mess afterwards. Uh, I love it so much. Yeah. Jack. 
Yeah, uh, this is an episode that I think is my favorite episode of this series so far. Um, I think that even just beyond like a great good verse premiere, this is just like you could teach classes, I would think, based (laughs) off of this Mm -hmm. premiere and how it is structured. Uh, It reminds me a lot of like the more, for lack of a better word, like madcappy episodes of The Good Wife that this show hasn't had that much of, but just like a very short timeline and a very specific goal that needs to be accomplished uh, by the different particular parties. And then watching these uh, interwoven plots crash into each other is just episodes like this are this world at its best. So I, I love it. Yeah. I agree with all that. Uh, Love the episode as a standalone uh, and loved it even more as the kickoff to this second season. Uh, it's just such a great premiere. And like I was saying, just coming coming in, throwing everything up in the air, seeing where it lands, and we'll deal with it over those next uh, episodes. Uh, so, yeah. And I love seeing not just Audra, mm-hmm. but BSM, Mr. Brian love Stokes it. Mitchell, mm-hmm. in there for the <laughs> ragtime, ragtime reunion. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that was, that was fantastic. And I... I it seems like we'll see a little bit more BSM as uh, as the series goes on, at least in uh, like touches here or there um, as he's working on the, uh, apparently working on the Barack Obama library uh, and getting all that settled. Yeah. Some surprises uh, that Julius, Julius is back with the firm after just four months with uh, Andrew Hart's place and Howard Lyman is a fucking judge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Uh, and the most surprising thing of all, we're going to have to open up the vaults to check out those stone cold locks because somebody's on the board <laughs> and that's me. <laughs> Barb is out. Uh, and yeah, in the first damn episode too. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. That was stuff. a tough one to keep a poker face for. That's what I was, was saying. I said the same exact thing. Yeah, I, that was exactly what I texted. I was like, that was by far the toughest, especially when you're like, just by the end of the season, by the end of the season. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. and, and the, the groundwork that y- y'all were laying for those uh, for those locks too. Like, well, 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 let's look at where things are right now. <laughs> Could this be a thing that happens? It did. Um, yeah, I don't know. Could be another Julius thing too, where she, she comes back. Um, but either way, it stands. Uh, so let's jump into... Some things a little bit more. We talked a little bit. Let's go a little bit. We talked a little bit about the Trump factor and how that's kind of been turned up, even from the previews uh, in the previously on. They weren't just showing the previously on of mm-hmm. the good fight. They were showing the previously on of the worst of Trump. Some of the worst mm-hmm. of Trump. Uh, and then they're bringing in the the tweets. Uh, Audra has to deal. Uh, Audra's character Liz has to deal with a, a tweet where she called him a, a white supremacist. And they're trying to get her to kind of take things easy for a little, stay out the spotlight for a few weeks. Um, so, yeah, I'm just curious if there's anything more you have to say about uh, the Trump factor and how he's hanging so heavily, even more so within this first episode. I, I really like it. And I think that some of the cast members, I think, did an interview about this at one point. But it, it's a way that doesn't feel like tired to me of of approaching it i think i think just because of the way the good fight and good wife have been as as shows where it is it is 
sort of that like science fictiony feel a little bit and sort of like that that satirical vibe they almost have in some instances where it's like it presents it to me in a way where i i don't mind that that he's being mentioned because mm-hmm. i think it's done so tactfully throughout the show so i i loved the way they they've introduced the fact that we're ramping it up this season and the fact that it's like yeah audra sending this tweet out is it's just i think a really fun way to play with it to start Mm -hmm. yeah um trump (laughs) (laughs) it's i it's really uh you know i don't know who listens to our podcast and where they are in terms of their experience with the good fight but well we've established that the kings do (laughs) the casting for the creators yeah Yeah. yes (laughs) hey y'all um yeah it's it's odd it's a different experience watching the show and, you know, listening and watching all the sound bites and stuff of Trump now that he's no longer president. Um, it's like, you know, bumping into your ex, you know, at, I don't know, a Walgreens or something. And you're just like, <laughs> oh gosh, I had sex with you. And we did all this. Like, I don't even, what? Like, I, ugh, like that's so behind me now. So I feel like I don't even want to think about that. It's, and it's also embarrassing, you know, mm-hmm. to just like, oh my gosh, this person obviously I didn't vote for him, but just the fact that he was in power. So it's this weird reminder. Um, but I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't know how it would feel to be watching this show in real time in like 2017, 2018 when he's in power. So I don't know, for me, I kind of just checked out, um, whenever any reference was made to him. And then it's also kind of this growth point when, uh, you know, she was asked to take time off because she called him a white supremacist, which is uh, similar to uh, this ESPN reporter, Jamil Hill. She got fired or something for that. But then now, it, but then, you know, fast forward a couple of years later, now everyone's calling him a white supremacist, you know, and it's not mm-hmm. this taboo thing. Like, how dare you, you know, it wasn't taboo around, you know, for people of color, but, you know, mm-hmm. in corporations and for white folks, it was like, uh, I don't, so even that being an issue is interesting to see. So, um, and I also want to know how did the people in the church know where to pass the program to Wilbur? Did it have his <laughs> name on it when she said, I, I quit? <laughs> uh, maybe just a, we didn't see a little, this goes to Wilbur kind of ah, okay, uh, okay. kind of thing. Or like the white guy behind us, two rows back. <laughs> I also feel like if I, if Audra McDonald wanted me to do something and she just looked me in the eyes, I would know immediately what that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That checks out. Yeah. I mean, that stuff, it, it was pretty in your face and I, it's going to get even more in the face as things go on. I'm just uh, continue to be curious until season five comes out to see how they deal with uh, the change and if they bring in anything that he still does, because I know that he just released his official statement on the Oscars, <laughs> uh, which is stupid. Um, so I'm just curious if they continue to kind of poke and prod at him, even in um, uh, out, even out of office. I'm just curious to see how that goes. Uh, also very curious for when we do get caught up in Molly and Jack and play along with those uh, mm. still called locks. Cause that's going to be a fun one. <laughs> Cause I also like speaking of the future of the show, just to, to elaborate on Tia's metaphor, it is kind of like watching this show and like the time capsule each season serves as does feel kind of like running into your ex, but then like going home and realizing that there's still a bunch of his shit there that he has not picked up yet mm. that you still have to deal with. And like, there's some like sick, violent rodent 
that he used to own that you now have to take care of. Because that is still the reality. Even if Trump is not in office, mm-hmm. Trumpism is still present. Oh, yeah. You know, this whole, I'm thinking just very recently to the time of this recording event, uh, the whole Fox News fallacy of this, uh, you know, Kamala Harris kids books supposedly being given uh, to children being held in uh, migrant facilities, which was not a thing, but someone asked it as a press conference so that the conservative news could take it and run with it mm-hmm. uh, and get people wrought up, which is a, a super Trump thing, yeah. you know. Uh, even if Trump isn't there, the tactics that his base has learned are mm-hmm. still going to be utilized. Maybe Absolutely. that's something that they're more exploring in their the sister show, Evil, because uh, that comes up a lot in that, too. But I, I, I don't think they'd be able to keep it out of the good fight. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to Marissa Fest Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> Paraphrase Tia there. Uh, so she has passed some tests and she's gunning for work as a, as an investigator. Looking at Molly's face. (laughs) (laughs) Man, it's, uh, you know what? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say, we don't care. (laughs) We don't, we don't care. Uh, I think it's like a, a, a clip from Stephen Smith. Uh, he's like, you know what? I'm here to tell you, we don't care. Yeah, <laughs> out, of, out of all the things, I'm I'm more interested in Renee being thirsty. I'm more interested in the creepy bartender. What's his deal? <laughs> uh, I, you know, there's so many things I'm interested in. I am not invested in the Marissa needs to be an investigator storyline. <laughs> Where does she live? Does she have roommates? Like, can we focus on something else? <laughs> like, I this anyway. I just no. I'm I am done speaking. <laughs> Okay. Any others? Any other people give a shit? <laughs> was, I, I think it, it was such a minuscule step in this episode uh, that felt like it was like moving towards something, but didn't really give uh, Marissa a chance to have any like surprising developments, if that makes sense. Sure. Like we know that she's the very you know, she puts on her very plucky, you know, 1960s Broadway show about a newspaper or something type of attitude. Well, I've got a scoop and it's that I'm the detective around here type <laughs> of vibe. Uh, and it works. I mean, you know, God bless her for demanding something of Bozeman and not just immediately crumbling when he's like, I yeah. can't deal with this right now because mm-hmm. Lord knows I would. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely felt like the most setting tables subplot of the episode. Uh Yeah. I was more interested in her, in her serving as Diane's confidant uh, on that staircase scene Mm -hmm. than really pushing forward or like fighting for that detective ship. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The scene with Diane on the steps where they're kind of bonding a little bit and yeah, Diane is letting her know I've been offered this job, asking her about Barb. Is Barb, is Barb want me gone? Mm -hmm. Um, And then also kind of confessing, yep, I'm drugged. (laughs) I've been microdosing. Yeah, I thought that was definitely a better, better scene for her. Mm -hmm. No, this is more connected to that scene with Marissa and Adrian. Um, 
which I guess Jack said, like, as far as, you know, setting it up, but his face, I could tell he's like, Ooh, I'm going to use this to my advantage with what Mm -hmm. they're trying to pull with Liz Reddick uh, or yeah, Liz Reddick. So, um, so that was just the acting in that, like his face Mm -hmm. as he's like processing and mirroring back, like, okay, all right, we're going to, you know, I don't know. I, you could just see the wheels turning. So Mm -hmm. anyway, that was, that was a a good acting moment for him. I thought. Yeah. I think he looked also just kind of taken aback slash impressed by uh, the fact that she did not crumble (laughs) in uh, while, while looking at him uh, and just kind of stood her ground and like, this is what I want and let's make it happen. And he 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 kind of pushed her off a little bit. She's like, my raise, or no, what did she say? My my salary plus 10%. He's like, nah, you're still her. It's, <laughs> it's everybody calmed down. But maybe in a few months, we can maybe kind of sort of possibly see about maybe getting you a little bit more money, potentially. And I love, I love that she clarified that she doesn't want to replace Jay as if that was an <laughs> option. As if he'd like allow that. She's like, just so you know, I don't want to replace Jay. It's like, yeah. I barely know your name, but okay, cool. Thanks for letting me know. Where would this firm be without my Eurekas? Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Moving on. Maya, Madeline, Luca, um, the whole voice recorder uh, tampering with the the tapes and whatnot. I don't know. Any (laughs) pretty, not a question that I just said. None none of that was a question. (laughs) I realized that. Um, But uh, how did you feel about it? as a thread any particular moments too um i i enjoyed it i think anytime that maya is at least not is at least seeming like slightly feisty i feel more interested in her mm-hmm. um because when she's just like her like scared deer in headlights i just tend to it gets me very turned off from wanting to care about her so i i enjoyed that um and also watching like Jay and Luca have fun was just a delight mm-hmm. um, in that moment. So, so it was fun. And I, I, I really do. I love Jane Lynch in that role. And it yeah. was just, I loved them leading her on. I guess I loved it. Sounds like I'm saying I love it. <laughs> 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 I guess. This is where I'm at. Yeah. All right. Tia. Disrespectful to be ripping and running around at church at that man's funeral with all your personal legal business. I, and the way she talked to the elders in the bathroom, I knew this was fiction. I'm like, ain't no way. <laughs> She's like, do you mind? So I was, I think I was just paying attention to like, I can't believe she showed up at Carl Reddick's mm. funeral to pull this mess. It's like, mm-hmm. so I was just like, this is just so disrespectful. So that had me. Uh, not for nothing, but this, this seemed a business funeral. <laughs> Everybody- no, they totally made it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, <laughs> Yeah, Even that's Liz true. Liz was running around as her father is being wheeled out the door. Why does everybody want to talk to me later? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I know, and that, but it's that that so bothered me still because the first the first reveal uh, as when we see uh, the funeral scene start is Maya sitting upstairs. You know, she covers her ankle bracelet. Mm-hmm. Her ankle. What is it called? A crime bracelet? I don't know. <laughs> uh, ankle monitor. Yeah, ankle. The, the parole buzzer. I don't know. <laughs> That's uh, it. So, <laughs> but she's, she's, you know, she's covering that. 
And then Madeline sits there and I'm just like, oh no. And then I didn't know that Wilbur, that Liz was working for Wilbur, the guy who arrested Maya. So that was, yeah. So everybody, I was just like, why are y'all here? Um, As far as the recording, Henry, so does this mean Henry doesn't have a little baby boy? That was also fake. The whole thing was fake. Yeah, I'm assuming so. Okay. Jack? (laughs) Yeah, so it it (laughs) sounds like from my recollection, they are trying to get Maya to think that her dad escaped with a woman and Maya thinks the woman is the first lady she ever got horny for who also happened to be her tennis instructor. Okay. So my question about that, and this is the thing, Maya's memory recollections are so finicky and unreliable, Mm -hmm. you know, before it was like, Oh, I guess Jax was at the dentist appointment. And now she had that flashback where it was like baby Maya looking at baby Maya (laughs) or younger Mm -hmm. Maya. Um, And remember, she saw Rosalie, but then she also saw her dad, like, getting dressed as a memory, as a flashback. So, I I don't know. I think I almost feel like the whole recording thing might be, like, there might be some truth in it, even though they faked it, you know? Mm. Like, maybe maybe both things are true. Maybe it's true that it's fake, but it's also true that Henry was cheating on uh, Lenore. So, uh, yeah, every great lie has a little bit of truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Maya is just insanely suggestible. Mm-hmm. Like, probably extremely easy to hypnotize. Um, yeah, because the <laughs> the the memory, I, 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 she hears something and she immediately is like, ah, yeah, <laughs> I got it. <laughs> As we established last season, all she needs is a monthly reminder that she has a girlfriend to be like, I love my girlfriend. <laughs> Oh, uh, she's got to watch a 51st dates video every time she wakes up. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm a lawyer. I work at this firm. Um, my dad has a kid or maybe doesn't. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the things we learned is that the, not that we learned, we assumed it was coming, but the way that they're moving, it seems very quick. There's a trial already around the corner. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Madeline Starkey is there trying to cut a deal saying you're not going to go to jail. You're not going to. Um, all we need to know is the exact location of your father and, uh, you won't serve any, you won't ser- serve any jail time. And, uh, I love how they recorded that and, and played it back for her. She's like, oh, I missed you too. <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate that Maya seems to have absorbed some of Luca's like legal craftiness Mm-hmm. And that yeah. it looks like Luca is going to be her like go-to lawyer on this. So we can see Luca like really dig into some uh, legal stuff that doesn't, that isn't just serving as like a playground for her and Colin's relationship, Ooh. you know? And I think is a really mm-hmm. good, it shows a really good arc from where we first met her in the final season of the good wife, where she's working in, I, I cannot remember the name of that kind of court, uh, but working as like a public attorney, whatever that's yeah. called. Public defender. Uh, public defender. Uh, and is now, we now get the chance to see her work on like a really meaty, not easy, very high stakes case using yeah. the skills that she established years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And there, 
Maya really grew up a little bit. She kind of mm-hmm. got a little, she's a little tougher, a little smarter. Now she knows how to record without asking <laughs> uh, people for all kinds of help. Um, yeah, I, I agree with what Molly said earlier. It was really fun to watch Maya, Luca, and Jay all together and to hear uh, them manipulate the voices. I think, what was it? Trump saying, I'm touching myself. I can't do this voice. But that whole thing, it was like, it was kind of like a fun cleanse after believing that Henry, like yeah. that that was real. So mm-hmm. that was uh, some good levity there. And then uh, the whole basement thing, when, you know, you, you get to see Maya act a little bit like, dad, the <laughs> FBI is coming for you. They're closing in. And, you know, then it's like, oh, I'm in Madeline Starkey's basement. Ha ha. And, uh, yeah, I'm surprised. So is is Madeline going to get in trouble for any of this? Because I'm surprised they just didn't keep all of these recordings and just, you know, use them later. But it's, you know, they show, they're shared, they shared everything with her. Like they shared that they recorded mm-hmm. her in the bathroom. And then uh, they obviously, they made it obvious that Maya didn't know where her dad was. So I was actually surprised that they kind of let Madeline in on that they knew. But wouldn't they not do that and use that against her? I I get the vibe that it's like who you're gonna tell on the fbi to like mm-hmm. like yeah the, yeah and especially i think i think it's starting to hint at the current situation um uh, of of higher ups that we have that it's like you don't know odds are you're gonna eventually run into another corrupt one who's mm-hmm. just gonna stop it kind of thing yeah was the corrupt or incompetent yeah uh, or a dangerous combination of the both, because uh, mm-hmm. uh, one of the biggest things that the Trump administration did was to install a bunch of higher level judges throughout the country. And we see <laughs> the qualifications <laughs> are not too uh, not too important for, for their mm-hmm. judgeship so much as just loyalty. Uh, and you see Howard Lyman <laughs> get in there. Um more along the lines of the incompetent, not so much the the corrupt, but I wouldn't put that past him any bit uh, either. So yeah, there's probably just some hesitance to take things too far and press their luck outside of a court. Starkey also calls out Maya's uh, more confident attitude mm-hmm. so far. Uh, and she says, wow, she's got a little harder, huh? <laughs> As she's kind of yeah. running off. Yeah. I guess that's what ankle jail do to you. And then when she uh, has the, when the reveal is that the recording is fake, uh, she's like, oh, I'm glad we're having fun. (laughs) 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 I'm glad we're having fun here. Um, All right. We'll see you. Anything else about Maya? We're just preparing for a trial. Oh, I guess it also seems like, uh, as Jack said, it seems like Luca is going to be the go-to lawyer here, which, again, where's Isha? So, I mean, it seems like we're probably not going to see her if Luca is going to be that uh, go-to, which sucks because he's a good character. I think Isha's hanging out with Amy somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and also within within this storyline, uh we get some another. This is not CBS. <laughs> this is mm. this is Paramount Plus. This is CBS All Access. We get some nudity <laughs> uh, within within this, um, which maybe <laughs> who knows if uh, 
Maya is remembering even that correctly. Mm -hmm. uh, but <laughs> I don't know. She never said anything. Uh, then let's go to pretty much anything surrounding Audra. Audra mm -hmm. McDonald. Uh, this is the person I believe that was teased in previous episodes of our podcast uh, for mm -hmm. Keen to be excited for. Um, oh. So uh, she has she has arrived and in great fashion too, <laughs> like in literal great fashion, but also looking good in you know fashion. Uh, she's uh, definitely seems like she's going to be a force on this show. We don't know right now. Uh, and I just watched the episode, but I'm trying to remember. We don't know what her answer has been, will be to this just yet, right? It's going to be yes. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be <laughs> yes. But as of right now, no. we don't know that that's going to be the case or what other demands, because I'm almost positive she's going to have another list of demands that she's going to have. Can I, am I allowed to ask Jack and Molly and our listeners, uh, if you've been, no. um, anyway, but specifically, Don't talk Jack down and Molly. to the kings like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so I feel like I need more context, more information on Adrian and Liz's relationship. Do yeah. they have a child? Were they married or were they dating? How long were they married? The only thing that she kind of dropped a hint about was. Uh, his drinking when she was mm -hmm. like, uh, don't get drunk. And he's like, really? You know, so I'm, are we allowed to ask that? Cause I'm so curious because. <clears throat> I feel comfortable saying that the answers to your questions will be provided. <laughs> I also think maybe the answer to one of them was in a picture. Yeah. But was that their wedding or was she just dressed nice? I thought I thought it was a wedding dress. Maybe it was a wedding. Okay. Maybe it's so maybe I'm sorry. I I apologize. Maybe I'm totally spoiling something now. Oh, they were married. Thank you. No, <laughs> we can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's there's definitely a history and there's uh, there, there's a strong relationship there or mm -hmm. that was there, regardless of what label uh, is is put on it. Um, yeah, because cool. they're at the they're at the house. He's asking about the about the office. Uh, I like that office. So, and it may seem like that it's not too far in the past either. I don't know. Yeah, I don't it seems like it's that long ago. I mean, mm. it's probably pretty long ago because so to, to to bring up my my good wife knowledge because I did refresh myself with uh, Audra McDonald's good wife episode where this character is introduced very briefly. Not very briefly. She gets like a whole episode where she's kind of the focus. Uh, so she is introduced as Liz Lawrence in season four. Lawrence being the name of uh, the person she married after Reddit uh, or no, after Bozeman. Adrian. Okay. Uh, yeah, after Adrian. So that would be, I think, like six, at least six or at least four years, if I'm doing my math right. Okay. I mean, no, probably like seven, because <laughs> season four was in the I think twenty thirteen. This was in twenty eighteen, eighteen. Uh, so yeah, at least half a decade. Okay, uh, she's been married to someone new. Yeah, uh, even at that, I, I don't. To me, that doesn't seem like that long ago. This isn't like fifteen, mm -hmm. twenty, twenty years in the right. past. Um, but still long enough uh, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, 
I'm so curious if they have a kid together because they would have like the most beautiful child, like adult <laughs> child. And I wonder who would they cast as their child. And yeah, that's all. Little Adrian. Don't you, don't you think? Don't you think? I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so throughout this thread, you have Renee, who we saw mm-hmm. in season one as this this woman who gives Diane the, the talk and says, you're poison. You're never going to work in this town again. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I can't help you. Bye-bye. Uh, and then she's throughout this episode, she's back and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry for everything that I said. Please forgive me. <laughs> and uh, she asks her, um, Diane, to go to work for them. Because the, the other thing that's happening in this episode is a lot of lawyers are dying. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like a lot of uh, there's multiple lawyers. There's at least three or four that have died within this episode in the span of several days to the point where people are confusing which lawyer's funeral people are going to slash coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Michael Summers, I think, was the name of the one that was working at uh, Renee's firm. Uh, and he died. I can't remember which one, he, whether he was the one that was hit by the car accident or the one that died horseback, horseback, horseback riding. Okay. And so the position has opened up that would allow Diane to kind of just come in, be in charge of a, an entire wing or department or something, and be at a firm that is, uh, I guess, twice the size of Reddick Bozeman Colstad. And Diane kind of says, "Like, no, nah, I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm good here." And she's like, she's like, "Okay, that's that's fine. We want my second choice anyway, which happens to be Barbara Colstad." Um, so I'm curious how, I guess it's more Tia, um, how do you feel this, imp- I guess it makes the move for Liz to join this firm. Does it impact that, that choice at all with, with Barbara leaving? I mean, I don't think they're related in terms of like, would Liz, would it make a difference to Liz whether Barbara stayed or not? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh. No, I don't think it makes a difference. Um, now I'm thinking about, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. I don't think it makes a difference. I think this is mm-hmm. a very isolated because kind of the whole thing, even going back to Barbara's Barbara's little speech at mm-hmm. the pulpit, uh, yeah. you know, it's. I think this is about Barbara being hurt by Adrian, being annoyed with Diane. And so I think it's like kind of like the whole Julius Andrew Hart thing. It's like a separate thing. But Liz, that whole thing, that's like her daddy's old firm, her old boo, the other partners voting against him. So I think they're they're pretty separate yeah. um, in terms of that. What I am curious about, hypothetically, I guess, is I wonder if Diane knew that Barbara was a second choice, if she would have jumped on that. Mm. But because she seemed, I mean, that letter, you know, after she saw Barbara hug Renee and they go out, you know, you know, for tapas it cuts to her in the back of the car, you know, squeezing down that drug, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I guess she's, I can't tell. Is she like upset? What's going on? What do y'all think? I don't know. Uh, I guess that when you have an opportunity that you, that you pass up that you don't get that, you know, you could probably done really, really well. I think there's naturally going to be a little bit of jealousy, even if you turn that down, um, like a fear. What is it? The FOMO fear missing out. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe what, what could have been and what an easier path that might have been for Diane. 
what the, what it might have meant money wise. Um, I don't know, Jack Molly. Uh, well, I mean, I gotta echo one of the best things that you know, Marissa Fest Destiny says this episode, <laughs> which is that if someone betrays you once, they'll betray you again. Yeah. Um, and as much as you know, I would love to see more of Tony Award winning actress Jane <laughs> Howdy Shell uh, in this series. Uh, especially I do it, it, this, you know, this one's just for me. I wish we could have gotten a scene with her and Marissa cause they were in the original Broadway cast of the humans. And I love that play, but that's just me. I'm one of five people watching the good fight who cares about that. Uh, but yeah, can't trust her. Can't trust her. And which I, I think makes it interesting that Barbara granted, Barbara has no reason not to trust her, but the fact that Barbara feels so disenchanted with her own firm, a firm that has her name on it, that she would go to another firm with a deceitful leader, not bearing her own name, uh, that doesn't seem to share the values that were so important to her, speaks to how desperately Reddick Bozeman needs to get Liz Reddick on board. Yeah. if they want to have any sense of credibility to the outside mm-hmm. legal world. Yeah, for sure. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I... It looks like you are best here yet. <laughs> I'm just taking it all in. Um, no, because I, I always felt... I was always interested by this scene because there's a part of me that wonders, like... It, it, does any of this have to do with the fact that I think maybe the dynamic between Barb and Liz and not Liz and Diane just never landed. Like, I, mm. I think, I think I almost feel like there was, there was different plans for that dynamic that just never found their footing. And it was almost like a way to, not that it wasn't founded in, in, you know, good storytelling and character arcs too, but I, I always wondered if this was a little bit like, yeah, this this just didn't this didn't work the way we wanted. Because I I, yeah. I I I never felt. Um, I always wanted to know more about Barb, and I always wanted her to be more of part of the show, and that just never happened. And I was always very curious about that. Mm-hmm. And then it feels like she's she's rushed off in this first episode, um, in an interesting mm-hmm. way, nonetheless. But I don't know. That always has stuck out to me about this. Hmm. One thing I hope they're not doing, I hope they're not doing the, you know, we can only have so many black women you mm-hmm. know, on the show because it's my question, I guess, and we'll find out as we continue watching, do we just not see Barbara anymore? And now all the focus is on Liz, um, you know, and of course, you know, we also, you know, Luke is still there, you know, as a black woman on the show and in the, on the firm, in the firm, a part of um, Reddick Bozeman, but I don't know. That doesn't sit right with me. So I hope it's not like, oh, we can only focus on so many. And then, you know, because we have Julius, who I mean, he came back and he was really mm-hmm. offended. And so it's mm-hmm. like, Barbara, was it really that bad? Because you were the vote that you know kept you know Adrian on board when Reddick was you know trying to gather. So it's weird that she went from that to be so offended with things going on with Diane that she just left. I don't know. Is she in love with Adrian? Is there something we don't know? Because for Julius to still be loyal, you know, 
over Diane or not Diane over um, Barbara is not something I would have predicted in episode one, Mm y'all. Yeah. No time was wasted. Ooh. Uh, Anything else within the Audra stuff as I look through install? Uh, oh, I like Diane and Julius as a team. They were really funny. That was yeah, that was unexpectedly humorous. <laughs> okay. And just having Julius back, yeah, and mm-hmm. then explaining it in a line uh, that uh, what did he even what does he say here? He said, um, "I was at Andrew Hart's firm for four months, and you don't know something about oh, just, how yeah, yeah, yeah." How bad it is dysfunction until, until you've been somewhere else. You got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, just as just such a simple economical. <laughs> we mm-hmm. love this character. Let's keep him here and just explain it away in one line. And I was immediately on board and I like Julius. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy for, uh, for him returning to the fold. Um, yeah. Uh, he has his moment with uh, BSM. Uh, where he kind of gets, he's like, hey, so we're still on for lunch on <laughs> on Tuesday, right? And he's like, actually, can we make that a phone call? <laughs> I got Ooh. a thing. Yeah. Uh, and then he just goes over to Adrian. He's like, we're in trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, what are we going to do? Uh, yeah. So it's just super important because they talk to ESM who gives them the gist that uh, the Obamas love Reddick. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we did too. No, 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 not, 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 not that, not that Reddick. <laughs> uh, Liz Reddick. And they are, we are going to follow where she goes. Uh, so that's when Julius and Diane in the car are like, so here's the deal. <laughs> um, and so I don't know how it's going to play with them plotting behind Adrian's back like this because they're already talking about making him aware, but also we've got this many people that will probably do it because the firm really needs it. Um, it's a, it's another bold move on Diane's part uh, mm-hmm. doing this to Cause things have been pretty good. And this is really rocking the boat in mm-hmm. a boat that she just joined. It's been a year, a year of time. At this yeah, point for them. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so, this is day 408. And she joined very shortly after. <laughs> yeah, it's right there in the episode title. Uh, so how are you feeling about that? How do you feel about Diane making it such a big, big move, a big play behind his back? Uh, I love that the show is sort of using the very long, if not very fleshed out history of Diane and Julius uh, to bring some of that good old Lockhart Gardner politicking <laughs> to Reddick Bozeman. Cause that's exactly what that is. You know, yep. every, every other episode of the good wife, Julius was in some kind of scheme, <laughs> yes. uh, getting forced to make some kind of vote uh, because of uh, some personal vendettas uh, in that office. And yeah. so I think, and I think this kind of plays into the Barbara leaving angle as well is what effect does Diane's presence have on this firm? Cause not only is she bringing in an identity that is, uh, was not part of the firm prior, but now she's bringing a mode of action. 
she is bringing a tactic that didn't seem terribly present in Reddick Bozeman. It didn't seem like there was a lot of like shady deal making outside of that one blow up between Carl Reddick and Bozeman. But now you put, you put her and Julius next to each other. Anything can happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's also, I guess, helpful to them to have seen how that vote went Mm -hmm. and how he technically lost. Uh, So they kind of know some votes going in that it's not, maybe it's, 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 it's a big play, but it's not a too risky of a play. I think for them knowing how that vote went Mm -hmm. and knowing how many people were anti um, Adrian as the, you know, the day-to-day guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I really enjoyed that dynamic a lot. I think the thing that it brought up for me is it just makes me very curious about Adrian, Adrian's background with Liz because everything we're seeing of Liz gives no indication that you wouldn't want her around. If she's mm-hmm. that kind of connection to the Obama library, which is yeah. huge. It's like, what is going on there that we don't know about that? It would be this big of a deal to bring her, to bring her in. So just gets me curious. He's still in love with her. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to mix work with pleasure. Uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit of a mess. Very much looking forward to that second episode. Oh uh, my gosh. Somebody with a lock. I forgot who was it. Keen, someone having sex on the table in the conference room. Could it be <laughs> Liz and Adrian? <laughs> uh, it could be. Um, but why spend time talking about what might happen when we could talk about what did. And that is that I am on the board. Uh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I have predicted yes. uh, that Barb would leave the practice by the end of season two. And within the end of the first episode, Barb has left the practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to open up the vault to award those points, a whopping six points uh, to uh, to me for that one. Uh, checking in on the others, uh, Colin gets an ambassadorship on Sweeney, not just yet. <laughs> Jay gets Marissa out of a jam that gets him into trouble, not just yet. Keen, the aforementioned someone fucks in the conference room. <laughs> uh, not just yet. Diane and Barb have it out. Not looking not looking likely, uh, but they could be at opposite ends, and we'll debate how Keen wants to fight that. Uh, and Hart and Julius will try to destroy Bozeman. Not looking likely unless Julius is a, uh, a plant. <laughs> He's infiltrated. <laughs> Uh, to try and take them down. And Tia, looking where you're at, somebody saves somebody's life. <laughs> uh, it could very well happen. Uh, Maya goes to jail and makes a friend. Still possible. we got the trial coming up. So if the trial's coming up in the next couple episodes, it seems likely that's the timing of it, depending on how long that lasts. We may, we may get there. Uh, and the last one is, show will introduce another love interest for Colin. We'll see. So that's where we're at. I'm leading with six. Uh, e- very easy to catch. Uh, all right. Um, I mean, we pretty much discussed the episode overall. Is there anything, any kind of stray thoughts that you have? Uh, I mean, what do you? I go ahead. What do y'all think? What do y'all think of um, Diane doing microdosing? Microdosing now. She's. I haven't even done it. 
Uh, I, 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 you know, so Christine Baranski getting getting in there. Uh, Diane Lockhart's a little more risky than me, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I did love, not. Oh, go ahead, Jack. I, was, oh. I love that they found the whitest, trendiest drug <laughs> that they could be like. Guess what's guess what Diane's doing now. I get where it's coming from, from a textual point, And I think they will make the, the, the argument for this development is made over the course of the season. So I won't get too much into it. Uh, but I do think it is interesting that Diane is taking up what feels like a very privilegy sort of activity uh, that a lot of her coworkers uh, if they were found doing, yeah. would be in jail for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was mentioned briefly, but it is relevant, more so relevant now. Creepy bartender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Played by uh, Drew Galing of Waitress for any waitress mm-hmm. that's out there. <laughs> waitress. <laughs> waitress. <laughs> shout, yeah. Shout outs to the, to the waits. To the waits. <laughs> the waits, uh, the waits staff out there. <laughs> That that is actually why I did not. I mean, it, it, his character in the waitress is is cool. I'm guessing, or is he also kind of? Oh, creepy? he's a, he's a charmer. He's a real he's charmer. A char- okay, but um, he does play a gynecologist. So oh, what? The, okay, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that whole scene. I was very uncomfortable with the scene, and I think from a young age, before I even started clubbing or going mm-hmm. out or leave, driver's license, what have you. My mom's like, don't leave your drink alone. Don't let anybody put anything in your drink. And so I'm just like, Diane, you are a grown ass woman and you taking yeah. a drug from a stranger. <laughs> yeah, taking a bio from some dude behind a bar. <laughs> and, and it's not even like, I think I would feel differently if, you know, it was someone else, you know, as far as the bartender, like if it was like a woman cast or if there was, he had some camaraderie, but you just see him in the background behind her just staring and I feel like, I was like, I think this guy's going to say something, but just because of the camera angle. And then he's all like, hey. And then he's all, death and sex go together. It's a circle of life. Try this. I like your smile. He was so inappropriate and creepy. Mm-hmm. But because of her response as a viewer, I was like, I guess I'm supposed to just be okay with this interaction. Uh, and she takes it. Yeah. Free of charge. I like your face, lady. <laughs> but come on. Yeah, also, don't be like Diane. I was really interested by how, because I think right before that is when she sees the kill all lawyers thing mm-hmm. on the news. <laughs> right. And I like how troubled she is by that is so interesting to me. I mean, sure, it's like mm-hmm. very startling in the fact that, yes, several lawyers have died, but it's like, it. I don't know, it was a, it was a weird moment. Of, of how, how much that seemed to like shake her to her core. Mm-hmm. Did y'all think yeah. that was a setup? Like, I was like, what? is someone try- like the, the bartender scene? Like at first I thought that was someone trying to set her up or something. Just mm. like he was a plant, but I guess not. I guess it's a one-time deal. In like a romantic setup or a <gasps> just set up for trouble? <laughs> no, set up for trouble. Like, especially it, it's funny. Cause just what Molly said, you know, the whole. Oh, kill all trying to trap her. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, oh, is this is this guy a plant at the reception and he's looking for Diane? And it's like, hey, lady, I don't know. So I it would be interesting if that same bartender ended up in a courtroom is all I'm saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. What if him and Mike Christiva meet up? Then what, Diane? Mm-hmm. Then what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
uh, I will say, and I'll say this here because I don't have like a YouTube video essay channel to get into all of this with, but I think the kill all lawyers thing, I don't think it's a spoiler to reveal that that kill all lawyers stuff sort of hangs over the rest of the season we're going to watch yeah. um, is a like tonal masterstroke because I think in the past when the good fight or the good wife and the good fight have tried to sort of make the characters feel, you know, more dangerous or tragic aspects of life in America, it doesn't quite fit because they are in this place of privilege that they are shielded Mm -hmm. from all of that. You know, like no one at, I I think specifically to like when the good wife tried to tackle Ferguson um, or Ferguson related matters, you know, no one in, uh, I guess, I think it was Lockhart Florick at that point, like no one there is going to be, hurt or affected by that but by creating this conceit of like this kill all lawyers and just like the feeling of like death around all of them it creates this like facsimile for how so many americans felt under those early trump years you know like there's no equivalent to you know it's it's an equivalent to like trump going on stage and decrying you know, all Mexicans as X or an entire group. I think especially with journalists, um, Trump was very frequently decrying them and encouraging, if not violence, then certainly disbelief or disregard for their humanity. Yeah. Uh, And so I, I, I think that the kill all lawyers thing really ups the stakes for all of the characters to just exist yeah. Uh, and I think the, the, the roots that that concept t- that that concept takes in this episode pay off beautifully throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, it's one of my favorite okay. things that this show does. And even in the previews or previously on, uh, they highlight that Trump attack on the press as enemy mm-hmm. of the people here, uh, and also they do name drop. Uh, uh, Will Gardner in in the episode, um, and between you know Will being on her mind there uh, and seeing the you know kill all lawyers stuff, maybe there's maybe that explains a little bit of the uh, fascination mm-hmm. uh, preoccupation mm-hmm. with uh, mm-hmm. with that as an idea. So yeah, mm-hmm. other thoughts. All right, well then let's hit some winners and losers and call it a night. Uh, let's do winners first, Molly. Winners first. Wow. Okay. Um, um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and give it to, to Liz Reddick. I know she just lost her dad and she doesn't know what her job's going to be, but I still feel like, <laughs> like she the, got fired. She, she, quit. she quit. She quit. She quit. She, she quit as quickly as she could because she knew she was about to get fired <laughs> just for that pride moment, which is one of the reasons she's my winner is I love that she can make that distinction for everyone. Um, but I still feel like even with all of those, those hurdles in her way, the ball is entirely in her court. Everyone wants what she has. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think it's up to her to figure out exactly what she feels like doing with it. I, she's got Obama on her side, no matter what. <laughs> so I think she, she won. Come on. Yeah. Tia. My winner is going to be, I'm going to say Maya. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
just because um, of the growth, she's shown some growth. It's good to see a different Maya, you know, starting off season two than we saw Mm -hmm. in season one, Um, especially uh, as soon as she is next to Madeline Starkey. She literally, she gets up and she just walks away. Madeline's the one that follows her into the bathroom. And then we didn't mention this throughout the pod, but homegirl wiped her hands that were wet <laughs> on Madeline's <laughs> outfit to dry mm-hmm. her hands. So it's very like, you got the wrong one, lady. Okay. You yeah. interrupted my dinner with Luca. Mm-hmm. You got me going to prison. You know, I just, I ain't got no time. So it's nice yeah. to see the growth. Um, and even how she kind of played around at the end with the whole, you know, my dad's in the, in your basement. Uh, being with Luca. <laughs> yeah. So she's my winner this episode. She's maturing. She's getting stronger. Yeah. Yay. yeah. She's like, oh, I see what happened here, Madeline Starkey. You came looking for season one, Maya. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where the mistake happened. Uh, Jack, winner. Uh, I think for the first time, I, I got to give it to Diane as a right. winner this time around. Uh, first, I, I can't imagine that psychosylvan is cheap and she got it for free. First taste. <laughs> Doesn't need it. The weird thing about being rich, more people give you stuff for free. Uh, but she does have that hookup, and it seems to be bringing her some joy or some relief, mm-hmm. despite the fact that she had to attend, like, t- two funerals and missed others that were happening that day. She really gets to, like, lay a claim on her fur- on the firm she's now a part of, whereas in season one, it felt like she was solely there out of circumstance, it feels like now she's actively making a choice to stick by uh, Adrian uh, and what he's done for her and the work she has done with the firm. And I think that was an initiative and a ownership that we didn't see a lot of Diane uh, in season one. And she's making moves. She's got that old mid mid run of the good wife politicking going on her and Julius. That's going to be, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a pairing to watch out for. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, it is a good pair because my winner is Julius. Yeah. Uh, Julius Kane is my winner for the fact that he took a stand, <laughs> went off on his own uh, with to, to make a point, saw that it was shit, and <laughs> then got welcomed back. Uh, mm-hmm. So had, had the sense uh, and the, um, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, not vulnerability, but he, he, he just had the, um, the ability to, uh, hum- he had the humility. Humility, yes. <laughs> humility. Humility, yes, that's what we're looking for. <laughs> Thank you, Molly. <laughs> he had the humility to swallow his pride, show back up, and got taken back in, and is now, like, once again, doing the, uh, the politicking uh, with, with people. So he got to see what, what life was on the other side of the fence, and uh, came on back. So, yeah, I'm just curious now to see what more happens with him. If they do anything more with the Trump side of things, if he's going to continue to be used in that way. I'm sure they will use him in that way when they when they can. And he knows mm-hmm. very well now that's going to be the case. <laughs> you know, he left for, for reasons like that. And now he's back. So he's, he's got to be OK with them using his uh, political um, background and, and belief system uh, to aid them whenever he possibly can. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's do the uh, losers. Jack. Carl Reddick, because he died. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. And us. 
Yeah. And not not only did Carl Reddick die, but his name was used uh, to besmirch and inconvenience Diane in court. <laughs> Uh, and you know, if that's just, if that's what we're seeing in the first episode, yeah. you know, I can only imagine the ways that further Trump appointees might punish those in the shadow of Carl Reddick in the future. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Molly. I'll, I'll say Adrian. I just think I, I, you know, he's running into his ex, whatever mm. TBD. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and now being threatened with this, you know, being outnumbered situation and seems to be a little backed in a corner. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how he's going to get out of this one. I don't know if his charm is going to work on this one. Let's see. Uh, Tia? Uh, loser for me is Ford. He was a victim of the games that Howard was playing. Poor guy. I don't know. Dehydrated. I don't know what the Mm -hmm. issues were, but seeing him pass out straight on his face. uh, Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, poor guy. Uh, So he's my loser. And and I mean, I'm thankful in a in for an episode that had a theme of of death. Even at the end, there was an uh, in memory of uh, Helen Gallagher. Um, so someone from the show, uh, who worked behind the scenes, but yeah, I'm glad that Ford, uh, in the episode did not die. He was just in the hospital, but still mm-hmm. a loser. Cause I mean, are they going to ask you back to the courtroom after that, buddy? I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And would it have happened if Howard Lyman wasn't right. playing these games? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yes. Uh, my loser, uh, is just matching, uh, Adrian. Uh, for, mm. for, I think it was Molly, um, for all the reasons previously stated, um, side loser, uh, it would just be all of the lawyers that are now <laughs> just kicking the bucket in various ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other, uh, straight winners, losers? I guess Howard Roger. Lyman for making, making a judge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're the losers for all of that, but, uh, a win for mm-hmm. him. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I will say a, a win for us for getting to see Diane's face upon learning that Howard is a judge. Yeah. <laughs> because that is just yeah. a priceless Baranski right there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so another another good face in this episode was Julius realizing that Diane was serious about bringing Liz Reddick on. Mm. I just really yeah. enjoyed the way he burst it out laughing at that. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. that was a delightful, mm-hmm. delightful moment. Michael Bowman on cameo. Got to get him to do something. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for us for season two, episode one, titled Day 408. Uh, thank you, Tia. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Jack. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye. Hey.